and we're going, and we're and we're hot, we're going, we're, and we're young, and we're, we're hot, and we're <laughs> sexy, and we're uh, going. I'm I'm a young I'm I'm a young healthy man. I'm the healthiest youngest man in the country, and that's why that's why I beat coronavirus, folks. Mm-hmm. That's how I did it. People want to know how I did it. And I'm the youngest healthiest man in this country, and that's just why that's why I'm president. That's why I'm going to be president for the rest of my life. Which I'll remind you, going to be very long because I'm very young and I'm very healthy. You might not know this, right. but I'm actually a senior citizen. Not a lot of people know it. I don't know if I should tell. Should I tell them? Okay, don't tell anyone else, but I'll tell don't you. Tell, I'm tell. I'm a senior don't citizen. Tell. I'm a senior citizen. I'm I'm <laughs> over 65 years old. Would you believe it? I can't believe it. The doctors at Walter Reed, they couldn't believe it either. It's incredible. Uh, that's yep. about where we are in relationship to reality, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned yep. in to uh, WINE uh, Station and we are talking today about take it away tom uh we're today we're talking about uh how about uh uncle ben shapiro's original long green rice blend (laughs) (laughs) it is illogical to buy another brand of rice originally (laughs) the formula was not originally made with slave labor slavery is a uh myth it never actually existed slavery is irrelevant to both the economic structure of this country and to rice those are two things you have to understand. If you don't understand those things, you can't have a meaningful conversation about politics in America. You also can't understand Judeo-Christian values because you don't like rice and you don't yep. like black people because you think that yep. they were slaves, which is racist of mm-hmm. you. It's <laughs> a great take. Yeah. Uh, you want to know how like fucked up my brain is? So after having that dream that I was telling you about, that nightmare where I woke up because when I witnessed that guy stab that other guy like 40 times in a row. Oh, yeah, because I'm not the only the one chest. who has dreams which are some sort of like director's cut of <laughs> a firewalk with me. <laughs> it includes a yeah, whole yeah. other subplot well, with David Bowie's character. Here's, yeah, here's the, the, the even better part, that little twist to that, that I forgot to tell you. I, when I woke up, the first thing I thought about was like, because <laughs> I was imagining some guy being like, high school teacher being like, no, the Civil War was about states' rights. A thing my high school teacher said. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, man. I'm, so I'm 100% dead serious. <laughs> and no one I mean, in the room had the had the sense or the bowl because, like, I mean, come on, we were all teenagers talking to our, talking back to our professor, teacher, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. which states' rights, though? <laughs> The, the ones to, right. like... States' rights to do what? The ones to dictate the legal drinking age or the ones to, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, own a person. Mm, yep. There you go. Turns oh, out. Oh, what are we talking about? We're talking about Super Tuscans is what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, super Tuscans. Which, the Avengers of super, wine. Mm, but they're all Italian. Hey. It's really just the entire Nintendo Nintendo Mario 64 crew in there. But, yep. Nope. Uh, it's just uh, and, Mario's uh, <laughs> par- Mar- Party Mario Bros. Mario's Party Bros. Yep, which is something Super we've Mario discussed before. Party? Super, Super Mario Party? Is that what Where there was called? Mario Party and Super Mario Brothers. Mario Party was like a separate was a separate like game. Yeah, but it was all the Mario characters. And then they, you had Peach, and you yeah. had Daisy, and you yeah, had Bowser, yeah. and you had Baby Bowser, and you had Luigi, yeah, and you yeah, had yeah. Waluigi, and Wario, and, uh-huh. and Yoshi. And, you did. And You um, had me, you had you, you had the hosts of a of a Another, another podcast, program. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come up with a way to talk about wine that's more interesting than somebody who actually wants to have a career in wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rape Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just hijinks. Boys will be boys, you know. Ah, just boys will be boys. <laughs> boys will be boys. It's like, thank just Daisy saying to Peach, like, thank God, I thought that was going to go differently. Anyways. <laughs> this one's pretty good. Oh, yeah, so Super Tuscans. Yeah. Um... So imagine <laughs> you're playing Mario Party. Yeah. But you, you're, the person yep. you're playing it with keeps quoting the Avengers movies. That's... Uh-huh. Sort of the kind of um, franchise bending and yeah. um, intellectual property, like sort of subterfuge, that mm-hmm. is really the backbone of the concept of Super Tuscans. Because we've talked Correct. a lot about the complexity of wine law, and mm-hmm. not in specific terms as though we know anything about it, In besides in the general case that it is complicated. Um, Super Tuscans are a great example of what one does when you have a whole bunch of grapes that you're mm. like, I can do mm. cool shit with this. And then a lawyer, literally, like the literally a government entity says, if you do anything outside of these bounds, you cannot 
put certain things on your label and sell your wine with the full weight of uh, its pedigree. So if you use, for example, uh, Uncle Ben Shapiro's rice to find your wine, uh, yeah. that define it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just throw a bunch yeah. of that in there. <laughs> Um, oh my that god! Will yep. bu- so you to find wine? That's you, another shirt. You, you use a compound like bentonite or um, carbon yeah. ben or Ben Shapiro's uh, Uncle Ben Shapiro's rice to um, <laughs> bind up, uh, you know, free radicals and co- heavy compounds in the wine that you want to uh, yeah. percolate There's out a lot of the of buzzwords wine. that work. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll go back and talk about all of this more sometime. But uh, the key thing is Uncle Ben Shapiro's um, Uncle Ben Shapiro's rice that uh, does. The finding fine racism out of your wine, which is really essential for uh, honestly a lot of uh, European wines. So the thing that people don't tell right. you is the major des- the major difference between old world and new world wines is what kind of racism they have in them. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, in new world wines, there is a lot of colonial racism and a lot of racism based on sort of market structures born out of slavery. Whereas in um, in old world wines, there's actually a lot more like sort of new type racism where like you know uh emigres from uh various countries like refugees they are where a lot of that racist sort of um tension uh is 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 uh sort of shouldered they're the people who really deal with uh the burden of you know like moroccans so in super Fran- tuscans in right France so or... we're doing so what what happens is oh, i'm man, just gonna i've just decided that. i was i was gonna just... i was gonna just get back to like but the really i mean in old world stuff the backbone of it has always, of course, been anti-Semitism. Gotcha. So I, nice. I just wanted to get you there. See, I was see, taking the too thing, long. The thing, as as well as I know you, there is no, it is thick fog. There is no way of knowing when you're going to tie everything together. That is. Or when you're going to like, yeah. hey, here's a new thread, you know? And I, so I eventually have to be like, I'm just making a judgment call yep. here. It's a lot like playing we're, Mario we're Kart. I don't know it how. It is a lot like playing Mario Party. Yeah. Because, um... You know, you don't. You really don't know when that game's gonna end. If you don't see number of turns, you only go by like number of stars. Like that game could last weeks. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, and uh, uh, technically. Yep. Does. It does. We're still it playing does. Mario Party. Um, we are. Right now, as super we are Tuskins. recording the podcast. Super, super Tuskins. Super, super Tuskins. Tuskins. So, so the idea so, yeah, of wine yeah. laws <laughs> in uh, in Tuscany, uh, mm-hmm. which has many wine regions we've discussed before. Um, we're talking Chianti. We're talking. It's the only one I thought yep. of. We're talking uh, Brunello. Brunello yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we're talking. We're talking just Tuscany. Or are we talking other wine regions in general? I uh, know we're talking. We're talking about Tuscany because it has wine regions in it that are like yeah. DOCs yeah, yeah. and DOCGs to their own yeah. in their own right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but importantly, there is also in Italian wine law something called an Indicazione Geografica Tipica, um, and that. Is where our story begins. No, it's it's that will that'll come up in a, in a second as we talk about the idea of super Tuscans. So, yeah, stop yeah. me, stop me, buddy, stop me. <clears throat> okay, stop it. All right. Yeah. So so super Tuscans, right? So as you know, as you were saying, um, Chianti in in Tuscany predominantly, like Sangiovese is the grape, uh, red grape. Um, it's most Tuscany is mostly known for its red wines. They make some white wines. Eighty uh, percent of the wine made in Tuscany is red wine. Sexy, but you know, if someone says like, "Oh, do you want a Tuscan wine?" Like, <clears throat> more like it's so much more often that you end up like it's probably a bottle of Sangiovese. So, main regions in in um, most well known regions in Tuscany are uh, Chianti, uh, Chianti Classico, Brunello di Montalcino. Um, in terms of like Sangiovese speaking. Um, there's a, there's a couple other ones, mm-hmm. and then uh, Montepulciano. Um, Montepulciano is both a grape and a region, so that can be confusing. Yes. Um, and uh, I fucking forget. I think like in one of the places, like in Montepulciano or something, in the the Montepulciano, the region, the wines are Sangiovese or something. Like there's there's some mm-hmm. weird like overlap dumb thing. But um, yes. Again, I don't know the. I had to know the laws for a fucking test, and I took the test and I passed it, and I, like I don't need to know that shit anymore. It doesn't affect you really, like on a day to day basis or whatever. If you're like going into a wine shop or whatever, like obviously, if you're some at a restaurant specializing in Italian wine, and somebody comes up, you go up to a table, and somebody asks you, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I don't know," you know, that's not the, that's not the best look for the restaurant, unless "Oh fuck" is the name of the restaurant, in which case they're signing up. You know, for that, yeah, for that it's like that. Uh, what's that? There's a there's that restaurant where you go in to in be abused. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're just assholes. It's called, like, Dick's or something, not the sporting goods site. But you probably would get treated better asking for food at Dick's than you would going to that restaurant asking for a, a beer or a sandwich or something. Yeah, it would be funny if, based on that, Dick's sporting goods made, like, a Costco and started, you know, having, like, yeah. a, a whole, like, food court that people, like, talked about really yeah, lovingly, yeah. the way that people talk about the Costco food court. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you... The Dick's. Yeah. Dicks. Dicks eating goods. Dicks eating goods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to go? Commas in there wherever you want. Yeah, it's just a bunch of like. Yeah. Dicks eating. Dicks good. eating goods. Question dicks, mark. Dicks eating. Dicks. Dicks eating good. Dick. Dicks eating. Eating dick. Yeah. Little. You know, little known fact. If your name you know, is Richard, you can get a job at Dick's Sporting Goods just by walking in and telling them your name. Because they'll be like, you "We can. need you over there yeah. eating goods." We do. Yeah. <laughs> It's like we got a lot of uh, um, fuck appetizing looking. Uh, uh, I had something here and I completely lost it. Help me out. What's appetizing in a sports store? Hey, you want to toss around the old pigskin? And this time it is actually just pig sort skin. of like there uh, you go. pork cracklings. It's just a big bag yeah. full of pork, pork cracklings. Yeah. Like that is the pigskin technically, but. Uh, I, sir, I believe you're looking for the Dick's Sporting Goods, not the Dick's Eating Goods section of Dick's Sporting just Goods. It's a warehouse size, like, <laughs> you just walk in, huge ceilings, it smells like a department store, but it's just, you know, they've just got, like, a like a, one little, like, kiosk in the middle where it's a guy selling hot dogs and, and chestnuts. Yeah. It's like yeah. you walk into a giant Dick's Eating Goods, and it looks exactly like a Dick's Sporting Goods, but then it's just, like, one little food cart from, you know, it's like the one little roasted nuts food stand yeah, from the movie yeah. Annie. Why you know you know how they have that like Cabela's that's like the size of a small city? I'm aware where it's yes, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They why don't like they a trout those pond with... in the Cabela's? Yeah, yeah. Why don't they do that one of those where with dicks where they have a guy like yelling fucking peanuts and they're selling it like wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that make so much sense? He's selling hot dogs. They're selling yeah. concessions in dicks. Oh in the dicks. Yeah. Or you go into Empire. a dick's sporting goods and it's Dick's sporting goods um mm-hmm. and it you walk in and it's just like a football field and everyone playing they're they're all playing really well but their names are all yeah. dick mm-hmm. yep that's nah, that uh, see this is the other problem um me i'm dumb super tuscans they're not because they wanted to circumnavigate some of the specific <laughs> like requirements for being a doc or a docg of either chianti or um or, uh, you know, uh, Brunello de Montalcino. And in the pursuit of that, so, so this is, so we got a classic, we got a classic Italian type problem here where, uh, much like anyone who's been to New York City, which I haven't, um, if you want to know. You've never been the, to New York? No, I have, I have, but, uh. Oh, let me say, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. But when I was in New York, I didn't get pizza. So I didn't run into the, oh. which one is the original Rays? Famous pizza. Uh-huh. What's the original Ray's famous pizza? Um, <laughs> which uh, anyone who's seen the movie better. Elf should uh, should <laughs> n- get that joke in some format. Um, in the same yep. way, there are a lot of people who are like, "Ah, we made the original Super Tuscan," and a lot of other people are like, "No, we did. No, we did." And the original Super Tuscan was actually most likely made by Ray of Ray's famous pizzas. Interesting. In New York City, which is one of the reasons that they had yeah. to circumnavigate a lot of uh, a lot of wow. official Italian wine law. Interesting. Another yeah. likely story is that the credit should belong to uh, Sassacaya, which is a very mm. well-known, very um, very much respected uh, yes. Italian yes. winery. So we were both drinking uh, six liters of Sassacaya from 1985. Yeah. Um, I have mine in one of those hats that's like, uh, you know, it's got the place for the cans on yeah. the other side. Yep. And those are yeah, actually yeah, full yeah. with PBRs that are, you know, going mm-hmm. down in tubes into my mouth. But I have the bottle of Sassacaya on top of that. So it looks oh, like that's a... pretty sick. Yeah, it looks sort of like a big wizard hat. That's pretty That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll be honest. My neck feels very bad. Um, did they even make one in 1985? I yes. think so. Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Apparently, it's supposed to be um, like a legendary. Ooh. Which is strange. Yeah, it's I don't know how we both got six liters of it, and yeah. it only cost nineteen ninety nine. I it you know you find the darndest things at Dick Sporting Goods. I'll be honest. I do. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, legendary bottle, much like a legendary Pokemon in the game, uh, Pokemon, whatever the fuck, the latest Pokemon game. I was, is. I was laughing, I was laughing the other day, still again about kids fuck the darndest things. Kids fuck the darndest things. Like a thing. video of like Bob Saget being like, but he doesn't know. It's like, I right, let's let's watch this wacky birthday party, and it's just a kid, and he's like, mommy, what? And he turns around, and he's got his penis stuck in a toaster. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> And his Bob's like, okay. I'm going to ask uh, once again, how did the FCC <laughs> let us air that shit? Oh, uh, man, it's that's really not as good as the uh, <laughs> the the Bob Saget pit we came up with before. But oh, we'll save that right. for the Patreon. Mm, yeah, anyone who, <laughs> anyone who, uh, anyone who wants so insight weird. into that, you're going to have to wait and pay some, pay some sweet, to pay some cold, sweet. hard... Cash. digitally to patreon.com yes via cork tank pa- yep. patreon.com slash yeah. patreon.com slash cork tank yeah the, go there to learn what it is bob saget was most surprised by on a cool <laughs> september morning <laughs> yep it, anyway so the temperature so the temperature yes. was cool it wasn't a cool day it was a very right right su- super cool day it was the coolest cool day on record in a <laughs> Ray's famous pizza, Manhattan. Oh, yep, New York, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but so, so generally, uh, so, Sasakaya so, is a glass yeah, yeah, pour yeah. at every Ray's location, whether or not they're the original yes. one, because they couldn't figure it out. Yes. No, no one can. It's yes. Nobody can. Nobody anyway, can. So, so it's pra- practically speaking, con- for constructive, useful information, right? Super Tuscan just means a a red wine made in Tuscany. Now, generally speaking, it's not Sangiovese dominant. Like, it could have... So, it doesn't, doesn't you know, it's not... It doesn't jive completely with the requirements that it would need to be in, uh... Like, like you can make... Like, in Chianti, right? You can make a wine. Let's say your winery is in Chianti or Brunello de Montalcino. If you grow a wine, let's say you... It's like... I think it has to be, like, 100% for Brunello. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say it's like you... Like, oh, a 70% Sangiovese. 70% Sangiovese. And then you're like, I want to put a little fucking Merlot in here, you know? Mm-hmm. 70-30, boom. You can't write Brunello on there. That's well, exactly put... what I'm drinking, actually. Oh, Well, nice. actually, 85... 85-10-5. Like... Fucking close. Sorry. But you could be like, hey, what's the appellation on there? Uh, Toscana. Say... Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so it's just, just Tuscany. Yeah. You know? And But there are... um The regions, like the one I'm drinking from, is from uh, Bulgaria. Which is mm-hmm. a uh, uh, DOC? Yep. In Italy, where yeah, the wines—I don't know exactly the breakdown—but this one's like forty percent Merlot, thirty percent Cab Franc, fifteen percent Cab Sauve, and fifty percent Syrah. Wait, is there so? How much Sangiovese was there in there? There's none. Wow, that's okay. That is yeah. So it's just a straight Bordeaux blend, but with yeah. Syrah in there. So like, you couldn't make this in Bordeaux because it's got Syrah in there, mm-hmm. and you couldn't make this in fucking wherever the you couldn't make this in the Rhone Valley. Nope. You know, I mean, like, or no, so, all right, so, take that back. You could, you could make this in there, but you couldn't write, like, Margot or something on there. You'd just write, like, French red table wine. Yep. Or, like, Italian red table wine. Like, you could do that shit. But the whole point of, like, if you're making wine in Vernella Montalcino, it's expensive there. And also, you can spell, you can uh, charge a lot more for your wine. If it has Brunello de Montalcino on it, then if it says, like, red Italian table wine. Yeah, generally. So, that is one of the amazing things yeah. about Super Tuscans, because anybody listening to this who's like, oh, I'll look up Sasakaya, will note the price tag is, um, well, if you buy the six liter from Dick's Sporting Goods, which the whole cross-referencing <laughs> thing there, it usually doesn't come up on a quick Google search. Obviously, nineteen ninety nine because Tom's a wizard. But... Uh, what the glass pour. Yeah. Raised pizza. Yeah. Uh... Well, glass pour, you got to recover the cost of the bottle by the second glass. So, uh, yeah. you're looking at a, a $125 glass of wine. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, cool. although I don't know the wholesale prices. But uh, Sasakaya retails for in the neighborhood of 250 bucks, And yeah. they that is one of the things that's really remarkable about Super Tuscans is that they are the ultimate, like, we're going to subvert wine law and, like, the, the attendant uh, marketing that goes with regional identity and create something that is meant to again express the region and do all of that but but float on the merit of being able to make better wine outside the restrictions of the wine laws that uh, have developed over time. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> it did. Yeah. And so uh Bulgaria is sort of like the that's that um that is the DOC in which Sasakai resides. Um another very famous one is so Sasakai is S A S S I C A I A. Sas 
Sesca. And then the other one that's very famous is uh, Tignanello, yes. which is T-I-G-N-A-N-E-L-L-O. And that's another, um, I think it was, yeah, it was one of the first, I don't think, was it the first? Sasakai was the first. I, Tignanello was the... I think they're both very early. I think Sasakai, yeah. according to Wikipedia, Sasakai is likely the first. But again, mm. it is but again. not actually known for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Tignanello, a steal at $130 a bottle. Steal, baby. Yeah. So, yep. we're talking about, uh, like, one of those weird subversions of wine branding where, because um, this all happened back in, like, the 70s, right? It's like, that's when, yeah. that's when all of this really gets going. But mm-hmm. over, you know, the last 50 years, they've been able to develop this massive reputation. And that's one of the other things that is important to, like, so wine law generally dates back pretty far, um, current pricing models don't so you know the wine laws around like burgundy and bordeaux some of that stuff dates way the fuck back to like the 1400s but but paying you know 200 dollars for a bottle of ground crew burgundy that is a development you know for not a particularly great you know ground crew burgundy which uh, i'm sure they would be really upset there's no such thing as a not There's a great no Grand Cru Burgundy, but like for one, no, well, that's they, not they, particularly they, would, they wouldn't expensive. say it that way. You could you yeah. could potentially um, buy a, you could probably get a hold of a bottle for about two hundred bucks. Um, right? I don't know. I'm just making of, that up. Of Grand Cru Burgundy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. If you're talking about red or white, like Grand Cru White Burgundy. No, that's yeah. A you get a bottle of yeah. You get a bottle of Grand Cru Chablis for like probably like less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 Um. And like I'm pretty if sure I've had like, a Grand Cru. Like I, th- I think I've had an Eschiso that was like ninety bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking about any like the <laughs> the fucking. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, and like like I was saying, the French wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say that. Oh, there's like Grand Cru Burgundies aren't good, but they would have a very like sort of coded passive way of saying like, well, there are certainly better producers than yeah. others. Well, the good example C- certainly yeah. there are better parts of the vineyards than others. Yeah. Um, DRC didn't cost. What fifteen hundred dollars a bottle? Uh, Twenty years ago, um, and that's not just because of inflation. Like it was, the, the those wines were genuinely cheaper uh, to get a hold mm-hmm. of. And so there has been a big the, the the more recent wine market is something that I have a vague understanding of, but would like to do more research into because uh, I'm sure there are some pretty interesting market trends to to, to relate it to. But um, the 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 thing that is very uh, sort of well exposed by super tuscans is the development of um of sort of uh marketability over the last 50 years of a region that through um sort of iconoclasm um and subverting uh yeah subverting wine law that you know i'm sure like the reason super tuscans exist and the reason that you know like uh, certain projects out of france in various regions exist is because people looked at what was going on and went fuck it i will do my own thing um mm-hmm. and that's you know also true of uh, a lot of new world winery uh, uh wineries yeah. so uh and and you know you can buy you can often if it strikes you spend a egregious amount of money for wine from almost any part of the world um i don't know if there are any yeah. regions of the world yeah. where you cannot find a single bottle that will cost you more than a hundred dollars us um yeah. because there will always be someone there saying yeah. it's worth it so you gotta pay that right it would be super cool to like do another super tuscan episode like revisit it once we have like a, like patreon money coming in and we'll uh, just do the patreon. same thing we're doing now com slash corktain patreon.com slash corktain um but do it with get like a bottle of tini and get a bottle of sasakaya yeah and be like oh, okay absolutely. we like see how like whatever our impressions of because have you had have you had super like a super tuscan before is this your first one i think i have at some point but didn't like i probably it was just i i think it's very likely that i have but it was not in a context where i i quite figured out what it was that's the thing i was having that's Um, that's the thing because a lot of time it's interesting because a lot of times super tuscans can just taste like no this just tastes like just like pretty good red wine yeah but in a sense where like we were talking about last time about Malbec and how that can kind of tend to be generic red wine, but like if, if someone told you like you know like oh hey having this wine, if someone told you it was Malbec, you'd be like what? No, it's not. But if they were like yeah, it's a uh, it's like it's Italian, you'd be like oh I could see that. What is it like Tuscany or like Southern Italy or something like warmer? And you're like yeah, and you're like okay I could guess that. Yeah. But it's like it and also it's like almost to a certain point it doesn't really like matter because stylistically it's similar. It's like basically making. Bordeaux in it's it's more than just making like Bordeaux in Italy. Yeah, but it's making 
a unique wine that sort of, because a lot of people complain about like the green notes in Bordeaux and they don't like the sort of astringency and stuff. And Super Tuscans are more like <clears throat> a, like a riper approach. Not not to say like whether we're over extracted or jammy or whatever, but they're just a riper approach. Like I haven't, I don't think I've ever had a Super Tuscan before ever that has ever had any like green notes in it. Um, which is kind of saying a lot because like most of them have a good amount of cab and stuff in them. But um, sorry, you you never had a just... Super Tuscan that was what? That, oh, sorry, that had any, like, green oh, notes yeah, yeah. in it. Like, any, like, vegetal or, um, you know, because, like, you've had Bordeaux's where you're like, oh, is this whatever, it's Cab Sauv and Cab Franc, and you, you can smell the green bell pepper or pyrazines yeah. or whatever in there. And then, but I've never had a Super Tuscan that has had that, which is interesting. Um, yeah, and there's certainly but, a comparison to be made with the Super Tuscan project and, um, mm-hmm. like, Australian GSMs or other, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah big red lens because one of the things that is really cool about the super tuscan sort of thing like the the designation super tuscan is fascinating because it is very much a regional thing but it does not necessarily tell you a whole lot about how the wine will be composed so there's actually quite a lot of latitude with like what what grapes they'll have a specific vineyard will have access to and then how they'll blend them so you know i'm drinking something that is technically a super tuscan but is more or less typical for Mm -hmm. uh a Tuscan wine generally because it is 85% Sangiovese. Yeah. Uh, It's super vague. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, uh, the one you have has no Sangiovese in it, which makes it a much better example for the sake of like why the designation of super Tuscan is a valuable Mm -hmm. marketing tool for people who are, you know, making non Sangiovese Tuscan wine. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, something like Sasakaya, I believe um, their breakdown was... Did you already describe their breakdown? Um, no, not yet. Okay, yeah, it's I I saw it somewhere a second ago and had it up on my computer, but it's um oh yeah here it is uh uh it's forty percent Cabsov, forty percent Merlot, twenty percent Sangiovese. So hmm. um but that was just the first vintage. Uh, newer vintages do not contain any Sangiovese, so that's sort of like the the thrust yeah. of um mm-hmm. of Super Tuscans as like a is a strongly yeah. uh, sort of identified thing right. is stripping yeah. Sangiovese out of out of the uh, the lineup to reveal Tuscany as a region through um, other varietals. Well, then, but then you know, Tignanello is like eighty percent Sangiovese. Well, that's me saying 50%. something unconsidered. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I think I think it's like if you took. I mean, this could be me talking out my ass because I haven't had these. But based on the based on you know those two wines, but um from the variety of super Tuscans that I've had. Yeah. If you had like Sasakai, if you're blind Sasakai and Tinino next to each other, like, honestly, I don't think it would be like, I think if, if you had like a, like a, like a Barolo and a Barbaresco next, next to each other, I think they would be dip more like distinct and different than the two super Tuscans were. Yeah. Which is fascinating because like, then it's a conversation of, or it doesn't, it's a, I don't know what I I don't know how to frame this yeah. this statement, but then well, that that, I, that throws yeah. you up against the idea of like, well, is wine law more selective for style stylistic things, or is uh, freedom to subvert wine law m- more uh, expressive of specific thing? Like what? Yeah. How? You know? Yeah. Where yeah. do where do those differences come from? And that's one of the things that's fascinating about the idea of super Tuscans being made out of completely different grapes or completely different ratios of grapes, and then being mm-hmm. very much identifiable as a specific thing, which is fascinating. Like that's a, it's a fascinating yeah. phenomenon. It's one that you know is completely. Um, is a completely like different way of looking at wine because that's one of the things that I do think really trips people up is like there there are basically two big ideas in wine as far as like I tend to two big ideas in wine that are not I think talked about enough as being sort of differentiating and that is mm-hmm. varietal specific wines and um and blended wines yeah and because yeah because people will kind of immediately start confusing the conversation with ideas of geography and um and Mm -hmm. uh and regions and all that stuff but then you get a little confused where it's like and this has always been a problem with the naming of wines early american pinot noirs were called burgundies and Mm -hmm. you know uh early american chardonnays were called chablis and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. is just very confusing like varietal specificity can have broader like varietal specific specific varietal wines pinot noirs say or chardonnay certainly can have more breadth in expression than 
uh, blended wines of completely different grapes mm-hmm. that are all targeted towards the same basic like profile as blended wines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's something that like can be very confusing to uh, to wine drinkers who don't have a lot of like experience or or even people who have like been drinking wine quite a bit but don't study it as a as a as a phenomenon of um, mm-hmm. of a mix of you know different cultures different. Uh, production restrictions, different uh, geographic restrictions, diff- all sorts of things that uh, c- can dictate those things. Like you know, yeah. There's there is a reason that um, despite it being a very small part of the world that grows Nebbiolo in Italy, there is huge differentiation between 100% Nebbiolo uh, wines from Italy, mm-hmm. and then the rest yeah. of the world really struggles to produce even one Nebbiolo that can even be compared to a single Italian yeah. Nebbiolo. Yeah, yeah, like, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a like it's one of the reasons Nebbiolo is like kind of the ultimate like example of a lot of things in wine because it's just so goddamn mm-hmm. specific. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's yeah. I, mean, I think it's the coolest fucking. I mean, it's that or uh, that or Pinot. But honestly, like yeah, I, I for I whites know, it's easier man. for me because it's. I would say it's Chardonnay with a bullet. Um, you think so? You don't think uh, you don't think Riesling or or Shannon? I, both of those to me are too obviously done correctly by certain regions and other places. Just sort of like gesture towards them, but kind of fuck them up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Chardonnay, I, 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 like, I will give Burgundy the credit of achieving something that I think most other regions still like sort of reach towards in terms of yeah, yeah. specificity and like intensity. Yeah. But uh, other places do it really well, like do it amazingly mm-hmm. well in a way that is unique yeah, to themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is why I would say worldwide Pinot Noir is a more like I, I like Nebbiolo for how like much of a fuck you it is to the rest of the world it's just really mm-hmm. cool but it is nice yeah, that yeah. Pinot can be done quote unquote right so many different places and mean so many different things and you know mm-hmm. th- that's very cool yeah but no no it t- yeah. totally is but those are completely different conversations like that's uh you know those are yeah those are you know those are other sporting goods stores we're talking about dicks we're talking about, <laughs> talking about dicks, dicks super sporting tuscan goods um eating, eating goods yeah and in case you're wondering uh what the dick sporting goods like motif in this episode is about it is us just taking a thing and deciding to imbue it with meaning over time through just relating it to what we're talking about enough that Mm -hmm. it achieves some meaning of its own some some power as a symbol um, much in the way that anybody who wants to market something that hasn't been done before needs to just achieve meaning in someone's mind uh, out of nowhere, basically, and uh, that is the ultimate the ultimate victory of Super Tuscans is they're probably the best example of just saying like, hey, uh, mm-hmm. fuck the known symbology. Let's yeah, let's have a thing of but our it's, own. It's kind of it's kind of ironic because in be, because of the fact that it it does taste like su- it is such like a generic tasting wine. Oh, it's just so like, huh? That's it's Italian, like we're gonna do right? our own thing, but also yeah, like, and you're like we're gonna make just. Just pretty good Italian red wine that you would want with meat. Yeah. Or like, it's the kind of thing where it's like you know, if if they have it on a, it would probably be a pretty good like, uh, because there is like you know consistently vary like cons- uh quality varies consistency is not it's ah uh, no it's usually yeah. pretty consistent yeah so it's like if if you see it on like if you just if you don't want to buy a bottle of wine you're at a restaurant you see like a wine about the glass list. And you see, like, oh, they got a super Tuscan for whatever, uh, fucking, you know, eleven dollars, twelve dollars a glass. Yeah, sure, I'll get it. And you're getting like a steak, or you're getting lamb, or you're getting, I don't know, you just want a red glass of wine. That's pretty reliable. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, well, it's I wanted. That's the other complete end of the spectrum uh, in terms of conversation about what I like about it so much. Sorry, I really garbled that. The end of the conversation, other end of the conversation about it is the concept of good red wine being the ultimate mm-hmm. pursuit of the uh, of the endeavor yeah so let's just yeah, make yeah, good yeah. red true. wine uh-huh um that we are not restricted but in like, how we achieve that by anything but you're gonna but all right so suppose that was what it was why would you charge 250 dollars for a bottle of like good red wine because you think it's really good <laughs> <laughs> also or probably because people are willing to pay that that's always the answer though that's always the answer yeah. to why yeah. wine is so expensive is you figured out and how to get like, people to yeah. pay it because wine, the first one hundred dollar wine from this region, or you know, 
that's literally ah man i i don't want to talk i i know i know i know there are wines (laughs) literally that was the model like we we make the wine we charge this and we see if we can get away with it and then when you do other people jump on board and and that's and and the thing the the dirty little secret about all of those great wines that cost all that money is there's just a base level of good enough that they have to be yeah and then that's one of the brilliances of the parker system you can take that and suddenly use it to define all those things if a wine Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this before if a wine is 25 dollars, it will not score 94 points it might score 92 yeah. And that's why, like, you know, you could probably do some amazing statistical analysis relating price points to scoring mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah, you know, coming up with a metric for how many points you should add for however many points, <laughs> for, for however many dollars yeah. the wine cost. Yeah. I, I'm sure you could come up with something. And it's, it's like yeah. counting cards, you know, the, the margins would yeah. be narrow. Because, you know, the movie 21 makes counting cards look like, well, if you know how to count cards, which you have to be smart enough to go to MIT to do, you can uh, make half a million dollars in a long weekend in Vegas. When, in reality, yeah. counting cards gets your odds slightly above 51%, which for any game yeah. at a casino is great. But your, like, their, the, the method of counting cards I think they talk about in um, in... 21 suggests that like as you count cards you get up to like there is a because the counting cards there is literally like a count number that you keep going you keep track of in your head mm-hmm. which is like and and in that movie they make it sound like you you know it's like oh he's riding he's riding up right by 12 he's gonna start betting soon and you know something like that mm-hmm. whereas in reality when you count cards the margin that that works on is like two if if you're ever count if your count is ever like two you should be betting like a madman because you, the odds mm-hmm. are in your favor and to, yeah. like, all those margins would be very, very slim. It would be a very, very slim number of points that you would add to a 25 point or a $25 wine that say scored 92 points, but mm-hmm. it would exist. And that's something that people should know about the Parker system is it is, it's, it's like any other conversation about uh, economics or money. It has a, it has a, a, uh, set of its own, uh, see now I'm thinking about the fucking, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, um, <laughs> like like there is no such thing as neutrality there is no such thing mm-hmm. as objectivity so you know wines above a certain price point have to get certain scores wines below a certain price point have have to never get certain scores and that is a thing to keep in mind there's there is never yeah. there is never a number you will see in a wine section that is not dependent on the number you see next to the bottle for how much it costs yeah Next to the dollar yeah. sign. Sorry, that was what it was. I almost tied mm-hmm. that up and made it a a a, a well. Yep. You got it, man. Thing. You got uh, it. You got it. Words. There will and there will be. We can have another episode. We want to do another episode, uh, another time where we talk about Parker and scores and oh, that for kind sure, of shit. for sure, for sure. But also, but for people now, while we still have your attention, um, in the similar, I don't want to go on too much long because I want to talk about individual wines that we're drinking. Yeah. But like, yeah, Chateau Margaux is never gonna get. 89 points. It's never no. going to get 91, 92, no. 93, 94. Like, it's never going to get any of those. Chateau Lafitte, Rothschild, any first growth Bordeaux, they're not going to get 92 points. That's no. insane. They, it will not happen. Like, it's not going to happen. That... And so it's like you have to kind of take, if you are going to go by scores, which I understand, like, you have to understand that and take it with a grain of salt. And, uh, I don't know. It's, that's, I don't want to get too much into that because we can talk about that for a fucking oh, hour. Oh, well, and there is a, an interrelation there that should be pointed out briefly uh some places submit for scores Mm. and there are reasons that they do i don't know all of them but like in certain cases it's because they are owned by conglomerate companies that also own other labels so they'll you know Mm. Mm -hmm. there are expensive wines that submit for scores because uh, because magazines want them to because it adds legitimacy to what they do and what they sell Mm -hmm. yeah there are other places that never submit for scores because they've never done it and there is no score that they could get that would help them sell their wine. So they don't need to. Yeah. And like Sinequanon is never going to submit for scores. Uh, Screaming Eagle is never going to submit for scores. Um, uh, you know, like people like any more, mm-hmm. like any more, like in the beginning. Yeah. They got a, they got a couple like hundred point. I don't know if they still like, they actually, they still might, but I know in the beginning, like one of the reasons they get, they were so famous because Parker or whatever gave them like a hundred points or oh, like, yeah, they, they yeah. were getting all these insane scores and people started buying them and then, yeah, but you don't keep submitting after a certain point. Like when you sit, yeah, you no, like, like there's 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 no status. real point. Domain Romney yeah, Conti right. no point does not angle. submit. 
for scores. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what's the point? Yeah. Why, why, why would you? It can only hurt you. Yeah. No, if I can sell my wine for $5,000 a bottle, depending on the wine, or $1,500 a bottle, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. you don't ever want, even a 96 is a, like, you're, you're at an echelon where a 96 is a letdown. For you know, yeah, yeah, for yeah. small up and coming wineries, <laughs> right. a ninety a ninety six would be amazing. Like a ninety six yeah. is, oh my god, what that can it's do! It's like for literally you. like life changing. Yeah, for your career. Yeah, you get a ninety six from spectator. Can, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and if your wine, if you get a ninety six and your wine is like sixty dollars a bottle or something, you're probably gonna wake up. And if your production isn't crazy, like you could wake up and your wine could be sold out if you're selling it online. Yep. Yeah. That's literally, it's literally just true, which actually gets fascinatingly back to another, uh, you know, always comes back to Chomsky at some point, but like a lot of uh, publications generally, uh, their model is to upscale who their advertisers are, not Mm -hmm. to um, charge more for the publication or whatever. Mm -hmm. They just target a more affluent audience so that they can sell or they can sell space in their publication to, uh, people who make something that they can pay more to have advertised yeah yeah yeah. the wine industry's publications are some of the most extreme examples of that yeah yeah i remember being in washington or this is really the last thing i'm gonna get back to these wines but i remember being in in washington when i was doing that trip and i went to one um one winery and uh i went in like the off season so like nobody was there so i could have to talk to people and there was like one person in the tasting room, but there were other people who were like walking in. They were, I think, they were on like the the production side, and um, and I was like tasting their wines. They're they're pretty good. They weren't like they weren't the best that I had, but they were certainly not the worst that I've had. Like they were they were good, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was um, I was there, and they're sort of talking, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we gotta figure out which ones to like submit for uh, like for scores like next week. Like we're packing up bottles now. We're gonna send them over." And then um, I was overhearing that, and they're like, "What do you think about this one?" You know, they're asking each other, and I was like, "Dude, don't submit that." And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Dude, like, if you submit this, it's not gonna get you a good score. Like, it's gonna be bad. Like, I would submit. Like, I was like, submit this other one, and it was just like, it was a pretty big, bold, tannic, like, decent high alcohol wine. And I think they're probably just like, whatever, fuck, whoever, I don't know who this kid is. <laughs> but I was like, dude, if you submit this like weird wine. Like, yeah, sure, it might be, you might find it the most delicious one, and it might be the most delicious wine you have, but know your fucking audience. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> you're, you're not gonna submit a funky, cool, skin contact white to, like, wine enthusiasts, and they're gonna give you 99 points. Yeah. It's not gonna fucking happen. Like, you need to know, because then, like, alright, so whatever, let's say, no, that's, let's say you get a, you, yeah. you, yeah, like, they, let's say they listen to me right, and whatever, let's say I happen to be right, and they got, like, a 95 on that wine, or a 94, people are gonna be like, oh, fuck, I'll just buy their other wines. Also, yes, but that's like how scores, work. you know, like it's yeah, it's very representative of you're like people take it to be representative and it's an advertisement for the rest of all of your wines. Yeah. So if you get like a fucking 87, people are like, ew, those wines probably fucking suck, especially if it's like your most expensive wine or something. No one's going to touch them. But um, I don't yeah. know. Do you want to do you want to say a little more about that? or you want to go into these wines? Oh, uh, well, I mean. It's yeah, just such a good one story. More. Like, it's so illustrative of a of, of very, yeah, very yeah. true thing about oh, yeah, the go scoring for it, system. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, yeah, yeah. just, like, the... I, it was a story that... Because, like, uh, a story about, like... We we submitted a Pinot Gris and uh, mm-hmm. got a um, 91, I think, with it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the owner told some other wine writer at a different publication about that. Maybe not a wine writer, some other winemaker, maybe. And they uh-huh. laughed and went like, oh my God, that's amazing. Congrats. That's like getting 103 points <laughs> because <laughs> that's what a 91 on a Pinot Gris is. Like Dude, Pinot that Gris, wine is so good. Yeah, but Pinot Gris never gets Oh, I know. Yeah. anything better than, like, I think I've seen Pinot Gris get a 92, maybe? Mm-hmm. Certainly domestic Pinot Gris. Yeah. Maybe Alsatian Pinot Gris would do a little bit better depending on who you sent it to. But pr- uh, I mean, like dry Pinot Gris. Yeah. 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 Oh, they no. have to be dry. Like, no. You're not, you're not, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Pinot yeah. Gris just is something that all wine critics have agreed stylistically does not deserve more than 92 points at its best. Yeah. Which is like, okay, mm-hmm. well, just come up with a different scale for Pinot Gris where it's like, okay, 92 <laughs> means 100. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, if you're talking... Right. Because <laughs> all, all Parker yeah. system scoring puts wines, you know, you should have, like, some yeah. rubric at the beginning of any any Parker scored set of wines that says like, yeah, this is our rubric for like 
Cab Sovs can get a hundred all the time, but Pinot Noir barely right. ever does. Yeah, no, it would be it would be a really interesting to look because like if if you look up like uh I don't know, like really famous, like incredible like white burgundies, they don't get that high of scores. Like white wines don't really score that high. Nope. It would be interesting to see like by varietal breakdown and see like oh yeah, like Cab and Syrah and Merlot get like the most hundred points or something like that. Probably not Merlot, probably Cab and Syrah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, and maybe, um, Sangio- no, not even Sangiovese, maybe, but I mean, it would be up there. So it's like the big reds yeah. and, um, and, uh, all right. But yeah, this is, this is part of the Parker episode that we should do. I mean, we could, we could even fucking do that today or we could do that. Um, I'm, another time. Yeah, I'm open to whatever Let, we can, yeah, I mean, we can do however much we talk about it, there's still a full episode worth. There's still so much. Yeah, so absolutely. People, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, like a hundred percent people don't people people don't allow themselves the skepticism for wine marketing that they should where like most people don't know this called the parker scoring system you just look at a yeah. shelf talker in a rest or in a in a, in a supermarket mm-hmm. and it says 95 points and you're like i barely ever got 95 on a test in high school this must be great <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like Ah, it's just so fucking stupid. I mean, Jancis Robinson, like, has her 20-point scale, which is its own thing. But it's like, but then she'll give, like, half points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, so it's like, just make it out of 40, then. Yeah. Like, you know? Everyone But then, wants does she to... ever give anything an 8? Like, no. No. Cause so it's Jancis, really only Jancis out of, like... Robinson never drinks a wine that would only score an 8. Right. Right, but like, like, what, 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 no, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Oh, you. no, I was just point making fun of. Oh, I, 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 I have, I have respect for Jancis Robinson. I have a lot of respect for, you know, a lot of, a lot of wine critics. It's, yeah. a, it's exactly, sorry, I, you were about to say something, and then I was going to go off on a completely different tear, which we can do in no. the Patreon episode because the thing I'm thinking of <laughs> will work perfectly for that, but like, we should okay. talk about so, these yeah. wines for at least like, yeah, yeah. Know, okay, so I have, uh, Le Maciole. So L E M A C C H I O L E, and it, that's the producer. And then it is their uh, Bulgaria Rosso. Nice. So it's just their like. Oh, nice. Again, Bulgaria is the DOC, and it's just like their red wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 vintage. Like I was saying before, it's 40% Merlot, 30% Cab Franc, 15% Cab Sauve, and 15% Syrah. And it is. It comes off a bit like. I would say it comes off like Merlot-y, sort of, but I'm also biased because I know what it is, but it has that, I don't know, to me, like, Merlot yeah. can have that, like, very punchy, floral, fragrant, like, purple fruit. Big purple. Like a, like a really good plum. Yeah, like a Deep really purple. delicious plum. Richie Blackmore just starts, yeah. smoke on the water yeah. just starts yeah. in the back in yep. your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Yeah, and it's it's it has uh it's not super big or anything. I don't even know what the alcohol is, but it's probably uh I don't know. Let's see. I would guess it's maybe uh thirteen five fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. It's not enormous. Oh wow, no fourteen five. Okay. Ayo. But that's a, that's the thing. That's how you know it's made. It's made well. Yep. Because you can tell it's like it's rich, but it doesn't taste or smell like heavy. Yeah. And um, it would age really well probably. Um, but it's no, I like the mixture of um aromatics. And uh, super earthy, like clay, pretty, let's say medium grain tannins. So not super fine, not super coarse. Um, but there are, so there's different, like, so there are some fine grain tannins and there are some medium grain tannins. Um, and they're pretty evenly, like, distributed, but it, it is um, pretty front palate dominant. Mm. And so it's like, and we, we didn't talk about that last time. No, we did, we did. On the Malbec episode, I think we did. But, um... Oh no, I don't remember when we talked about that, but um, it's a good wine. It's good and rich, and um, it needs—I mean, it needs food, but it's also like you could have a glass of it, and it's not gonna fucking blow you away or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. What, what about what are you drinking? What do you think? Uh, I'm drinking um, Monte Antico Toscana, which is like from Monte what Antico. I from what I can tell, it's just so like. I, I don't I, I do not mean this as a slight uh, because I actually think that they do a really good job of providing um, like indicative wines at incredibly like impressive prices but um, so I don't know if we've talked about it before on the show but uh, Costco does um, some Kirkland signature labels of uh, wines they do a Rioja uh-huh. they do a Malbec they do uh, they do um, a couple ca- uh, California Chardonnays uh, yeah uh-huh. and some of them are uh very good uh some of them are mm-hmm. miserably bad but um 
but yeah. it's usually the kind of more expensive, like tr- trickier ones that aren't uh-huh. as good. I will say they're champagne, <laughs> really good. Yeah, you tell me about <laughs> especially that. Especially for the champagne, price. the Rioja, right? Yeah, the Rioja is really also good. the one that I would I would say is very good because for similar reasons that this is really good. This, you know, I think is a little more complex and a, and a little, you know, it it's more um, it's it's better better in its like provenance because it wasn't like rooted through like the Costco like multinational uh corporate we need to have these wines on our shelves for these prices like system but Mm -hmm. um i think i got this for like 15 bucks and it's like Mm -hmm. in terms of what we were saying if somebody was like i would just like a nice kind of not not light uh red wine um Mm -hmm. for not too much money that you know is distinctively italian uh, Mm -hmm. i would very much recommend this to them like it's it's more hefty than say a uh a, a Barbera, um, mm-hmm. like it definitely does feel like a Sangiovese, but it's yeah, yeah, it's like cleaner and less like get gummy than some Sangioveses can be when they're you know not as like when they're not um, more aged or because like there is there is I would say like a specific price break across which Sangiovese gets much better. Um, yeah, and I would say that this really skirts that in a way that I'm quite impressed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also this is a 2015, yeah. which helps a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it also having the Cab Sauv and the Merlot in it softens some of that stuff. So I think it really benefits from that mm-hmm. as well. Like it's not 100% Sangiovese. It doesn't have that like. Mm-hmm. There's a certain, you know, there's a certain twinge to cheap wine that's a little too cheap and a little too big and red. Where you're like, oof, I'm gonna have yeah. a headache tomorrow morning if I have a yeah. <laughs> yeah, glass yeah. of this. And I don't mm-hmm. get that from this at all. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's very it's very clear in what it in what it is and what its like um, definition of itself is. Um, and yeah, just great red wine. Like it's you know it's got all those like it's got um, it's got cherries. It's got it's got a like more broody sort of you know uh, uh, aged wood aromas. Mm-hmm. You know, like the inside of a antique cabinet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The palate has, um, I would say, medium grit tannins. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, full mouthfeel that's sort of lingering, uh-huh. but uh, clear in its, um, you know, it leaves behind the tannins, but nothing nothing else kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Decent acidity, not not high acid if, by any means. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just a bottle of wine that, you know, if I was going over for a barbecue at someone's house, um, oh yeah, I would one hundred percent love to have a bottle of this to take with me because I think you know it would be that you know just when people were eating the food wine that would just hit exactly the right spot. Yeah, because it's you know there that's another whole conversation that we should absolutely have is like those wines that um, pair so well with things that it elevates the wine and the food at the same time. Then there are those wines oh, yeah, that yeah. the food and the wine disappear into each other and they mm-hmm. they just reinforce each other. Uh, and then those yeah. wines that just go along well nicely with food. And then mm-hmm. wines that, you know, domineer over the food and the dish. Yeah. And other ones that yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of, like, shrink and diminish with the impact of, like, you know, salt or blood are actually in your mouth. So yeah, this yeah. would be one that I would say, like, you know, it would go right along well with barbecue. It, I don't know that it would, like, elevate itself or the food, but mm-hmm. it would go well with it. You know, it's it, yeah. it doesn't... It's something you can't, like, I always like wines, personally, that, like, you can talk about if you want to, but you don't have to. Oh, 100%. You know? like, yeah. You're like, this is really fucking good yeah. in your head. Yeah, and you can just say, like, or someone can just say, this wine goes, is great, along, you know, with whatever mm-hmm. you're eating, but you're not, you, you're not bringing it, expecting it, it to be the thing that somebody's like, oh my god, this wine is so amazing, you have to tell me where you got it, like, uh, I need to know yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, oh, I hate that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it threads that needle just beautifully. I really, I really like it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, uh, just. Yeah, man, that's sweet. Yeah, just, it just, it just, it's right in that, like, you know, people talk all the time about, like, it's important to get out of your comfort zone and, and, and try new things and explore bold new horizons but if you know if i'm looking for a comfort zone for for red wine it's uh for you know medium not big but like medium uh not light body red wine i'd be like yeah this is right in, uh-huh. right in the comfort zone in a great in a great yeah. way <clears throat> no man absolutely i think that's super cool yeah and um i i uh i don't know i'm actually i'm having a hard time deciding how i feel about this wine i um i don't dislike it mm-hmm by any mean, like it's good, you know. And I'm I clearly I keep drinking it. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't be drinking it. But yeah. I think it might just need like 
a year or two more of cellaring. Yeah, no, I th- I it, think it, yeah. it just seems super closed off and like maybe tomorrow it'll taste better, but it doesn't like it seems like I could be like okay, yeah, no, I could I can understand that in terms of it being like it's what like what its composition is. But um I think maybe the well, cuz yours is 17. Yeah. I think the yeah. acid's not high enough for me. Well, I could Which totally is just a see preference that too, yeah. For my for my palate. But I mean well, and that's also interesting. It's 40% percent the... Merlot, but yeah. it's got Cab Franc, Cab Sauv, and Syrah, which are all high acid grapes. Well, I would think that but, um, depending on how ripe the Cab Sauv was when they picked it, and the, yeah, like because Cab Franc is also one of those ones where like it needs time, but it also needs yeah. to have acid the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, yeah. those are all things that you, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting if it was a co-ferment or a blend. So would depend oh, on you know, when they picked it, yeah. and um, I don't. There's a, I mean, those are a lot more like type of the nerdy questions you can get into and asking them like okay so if it is a co-ferment like what are all the different sites in the vineyard and like how, how do they all ripen and what was the what were the like bricks measurements on each of the different fruits when they came in and how do they taste you know you can ask all that kind of stuff yeah but like um yeah i would uh, uh, yeah man. i would definitely just looking at that lineup like i'm glad i got a like, part of why i picked this up was it was like oh 2015 i bet that this is something they just haven't moved very yeah. quickly at this particular shop mm-hmm um, yeah. which I'm quickly exhausting of like interesting things to buy there, but uh, <laughs> um, you got to come out here, man. Uh, buddy, have to come out no. here. I got that case of uh, okay. got that case of Oregon stuff coming, and oh, you should be shipping uh, your stuff your way. Sweet. So um, I'll let you know yeah. when that's he's got that shipping information and shit. But um, but yeah, Damn, man. No, you, like I, I, I bet you'd be a lot, a lot more. Um, friendly to uh, to that same wine with two more years of age on it, at least. Oh, pr- probably, yeah. Because I'm I've had uh when at that shop in Berkeley that I've talked about before. Um, I went in there. You know, I told you that like I think it, they use. I don't know if they still do. They probably do, but um, it's a smart sales tactic where they're like they they kind of they just you know are trying to clear space in the back and they're like, all right, it's August, whatever, fifth. Like, all right. You buy one case of wine, twenty percent off. Two cases, thirty percent off. Three cases or more, forty percent off. Like everything that you get. Yeah. So it's like okay. So you go through and like you go in like the back and you you know figure case. It's very much like a first come first serve. People line up and stuff. And so I was able to get um some stuff that would have been very like 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 I, I could not have afforded. I think they were it was like a a twenty ten like super Tuscan. 2010 in Tuscany was like, like incredible, you know. Mm. Um, and I had it last year or two years ago, so it had like yeah eight years on it, and it was very good. But it did, but it tasted, it was just very good red wine. Yeah, you know. And uh, I wish I could remember what wine that was and what the like the uh, the breakdown was in terms of composition. But um, yeah, and I was like, wow, that no, that fills. And I think about that wine sometimes. I'm like, fuck, that was good. But um. You know, there it's like there's a time and place for everything, mm-hmm. and occasionally you just want very good red wine. Yeah, and I think this is this this is nestled interestingly into a, a conversation about Sangiovese, which it's kind of I was thinking maybe we should have done it the other way around, but I think it's actually better to do it this oh, way. Oh, I'm glad we did do the Sangiovese episode afterwards. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, because now we can be like, hey, all that stuff I said about uh, <laughs> Super Tuscans being like red wine. <laughs> Feel the same way about Sangiovese. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. It's funny no, because but, uh, it was to get away from having to just make Sangiovese that Super Tuscan <laughs> happened at all. Yep. Yeah. No, but I, yeah. I definitely like, like, I would take this over a, if, you know, if my options were this bottle or another bottle of 100% Sangiovese at the exact same price, I'd take this. Oh, probably. But, yeah, you yeah. Know, if I had another, uh, if I had another if someone just walked up handed me a $10 bill and then was like you have to use this to buy wine or I'll uh, uh, slash your tires um I'll give you a very nice compliment about your hair yeah um fuck yeah which uh did once happen to me N- not the $10 thing but I did once just <laughs> get a compliment about my hair uh from a guy jogging through the Castro district in San Francisco which um huh I didn't you know like it was just a. I was just standing on a street corner, and the guy ran by and was like <laughs> pausing to wait for the like crosswalk signal. Hey, nice hair! And I was like, I, I had a moment, and then I went, "Wow, I feel like I'm being vaguely offensive by thinking this in some way I don't understand." But uh, I feel like this is the best place in the world to get that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, yeah. but uh, 
but he didn't give me 10 bucks and yep. tell me to buy a bottle of Sangiovese. But if he had, I would have been like, oh, yeah, no, if I've got an extra $10 that I just have to spend right now on wine, in addition to whatever I was about to spend on a bottle, then I would consider, you know, a 100% Sangio that maybe had a couple more years of age on it or something. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, yeah. but the, you know, in the context, the, uh, subsidiary point of that story was to uh to say like no this bottle is totally what i'd go for because the super tuscan uh, ability to subvert 100 percent sangiovese rule is awesome and uh the more important um moral of that story was uh for a brief moment in 2017 i had apparently really great hair so sick hey man all right you want to have the uh, regular episode <laughs> oh, that's a great note to end yeah on. no i you know i'm just sort of bragging about uh compliments i got years ago um because i there live you go. In the those past. are the best kinds of compliments <laughs> yeah, yeah let's do it um i think i think right, cool. this has been dare i say it one of the episodes that uh would most compel the casual listener to go to patreon.com slash corktain and subscribe to our patreon yep. for yep. the exclusive content only available to those who give us money give us money also if you somehow found out about this podcast somehow you know not through instagram uh follow us on instagram mm-hmm. and uh and twitter at cork taint with a k k-o-r-k-t-a-i-n-t oh and twitter yeah yeah though well, that will become more active when uh when i get better at my end of the deal <laughs> oh and we are actively working on merch i need to text uh, it shall happen need to don't dox oh no don't dox him Oh, we gotta write down the timestamp. No, he don't. He's gonna be Fuck found. Kid. <laughs> I'll give you his address and phone number. I don't even care. <laughs> Kid's a bitch. <laughs> All right, man. No, <laughs> just, just. All right, man. Know, wrapping her up. In, Thanks, like, guys, a, for we listening. Need to cut in like a. The merch might take longer than we expected after calling our friend a bitch who uh, is no. going to do that for us. <laughs> he's no friend of mine. He's a fuck. And he's not here to defend himself. So there you go. Yeah, you know who else isn't here to defend themselves? Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. He's an awful person. Yep. And allegedly uh, did uh, horrible things in the Dick's Sporting Goods. All right. Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.